Robots Radio. Games. Lore. Stories. Community. Just press play. Welcome to the Fallout Lorecast. The podcast that explores the boundaries of our knowledge about the world of Fallout. Your town is under threat from the bloodworm menace. But fear not, for I am the Silver Shroud. Well, now we got ourselves a genuine celebrity. Audi there, Silver Shroud. We could sure use your help. I don't know about this bloodworm menace, y'all are talking about, but we got ourselves a bunch of no-good outlaws holed up in Mad Mulligan's mind. I love the dialogue here. This is a scene, and by the way, welcome to the Fallout Lorecast, everybody. This is Tom, or Robots, um, your, your regular host, and we're talking more about Nuka stuff. Today, we're talking about Nuka World. And some of the uh, Easter eggs, some of the things that you may not already know about Nuka World. We could go into more of the details about the quests and stuff like that. I think we'll do that in the future. But you know what? I was feeling like we're we're doing so many of these creative (laughs) Nuka episodes. I thought I'd go with some uh, some Easter eggs. So this dialogue that you just heard, if you're if you're not aware, if you enter into Nuka World as the Silver Shroud, wearing the Silver Shroud outfit because you you finished that quest line, then some individuals will recognize you as the Silver Shroud, most of whom are the Protectrons, and they respond like this. And I love, I love the dialogue here. I love the, whoever is doing the voice work as the Protectrons, which I probably should have looked up before I did this video, um, or the podcast, um, Y'all, or the way that the, the Protectron kind of imitates Silver Shroud and like <laughs> Mad Mulligan's mine. But that stuff is just so good. It's so good. So if you haven't played through this part of the game, and especially if you haven't done it as the Silver Shroud, then make sure you you give it a go. It's Dry Rock Gulch, that's the specific section of Nuka World that you enter, and then all of a sudden they start acting very differently towards you because you are the Silver Shroud and you're there to clean up the bad guys. It's so good, it's so good. But that's that'll be our first Easter egg for this episode. It is, I don't know, I, I think it's probably one of the best ones. We've got some other ones here too. So speaking of the Dry Rock Gulch area, it's actually one of the smaller sections of the park. And it feels a little bit limited until you realize that there's an entire other section that's for the employees only. That that opens up later on in the quest line if you've finished the, uh, I believe it's the power play quest. You finish that quest, that opens up the employee area, you can do more stuff back there. But but you can actually get into this area ahead of time by climbing up on the rocks and kind of shimming your way over the uh, kind of the locked area. So that is accessible early in the game. So that's another thing you can do. So if you show up as Silver Shroud, talk to all your 
<laughs> your Protectron friends, and then you can make your way over to the employer and get to some stuff early without finishing that other quest line. That is 100% possible. Another thing that I think is so cool about games is when they reference other games. And Bethesda, we've talked about this before on the show, references or at least uses little little bits of things that kind of remind you of Elder Scrolls. So, for example, on the Pridwin, there is the the plant section where they're growing the uh, whatever that's called, where they're growing the plants. Right. And they use the same um, leaf model from Nern Root in the Elder Scrolls, and then they just make it a different color so that anybody who knows goes, wait a minute, isn't that Nern Root? Um, it's it's not. It's just kind of a, a fun reference to Nern Root, right? It's one of those reasons on one of the old episodes where we talked about the people thinking that maybe the two worlds are in the same universe. But, you know, they're not. They're surprised they're not. I actually talked with Pete Hines about this. He said it's not. So you, you need to stop speculating about that or you can. But um, so another reference here is in Bradburton, which is just a little bit northeast of the park. There's a, uh, a little building and inside the building you can find a uh, there's like a little shelf with some candles that are all kind of melted down. And in front of it on the ground, there's what appears to be an ash pile with a sword stuck in it with flames. And this is a reference to the Dark Souls games, which I think is hilarious. Fallout is referencing Dark Souls. Somebody put this in here. Now, it could legitimately be a thing in a Fallout game, right? Like somebody found a sword because their swords floating around and stuck it in an ash pile. The ash pile is still burning when you walk up to it, right? Like it could it could have happened just randomly. But we as gamers know that that looks like a bonfire in a Dark Souls game. Bonfires are the places that you go in order to save your progress or uh, fast travel from one location to another or adjust your stats, those kinds of things. It's kind of the little central hubs that you find to work your way through the games. So this is this is actually in there. And as we know with many things, the references, especially in Fallout, aren't just to other games. In fact, that's actually the least likely reference. More likely, you're going to find references to movies and go back and listen, man, early, early where I talk with Stuart, um, my good buddy who I used to do the Dungeons and Dragons lore cast with uh, about all the movie influences, especially in the early Fallout games. Well, the, the more recent Fallout games still have movie references. There is a big gray silver looking slab that you can find in Nuka World with what appears to be a person frozen in it. And if you know what I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking about. It looks like Han Solo from the, uh, well, Return of the Jedi, the end of, spoilers for a 30-year-old movie, the end of um, Empire Strikes Back. So if you head over to the headquarters of the Disciples, that was one of the uh, raider groups, the very top of their tower, there is what appears to be Han Solo frozen in carbonite. And it's... It's a pretty close approximation. I mean, even the way that certain body parts are deeper into the uh, the slab and other body parts are kind of sticking out of the slab. It's it's Han Solo. Han Solo officially in a Fallout game, uh, frozen in carbonite. So 
does that mean that Fallout and Star Wars are in the same universe? Maybe the, the Fallout planet's just a planet in the Star Wars universe. Who knows? No, probably not. This is just a fun little reference. But you should go check it out. Climb up to the top of the tower, top of the headquarters of the Disciples. You will find Han Solo. Another little detail here is that I think a lot of people don't realize when they get into the park that some of the rides are actually rideable. Now, the power isn't on initially, right? You have to, that's one of the quest lines is to restore power to the park. But there are rides that you can actually ride on. So, for example, the uh, Nuka Galaxy ride in the Galaxy Zone or the Ferris Wheel in Kitty Kingdom, they can be actually interacted with. So if you need a little bit of a break from some of the questing, some of the fighting of the crocodile looking, the alligator looking death claws or whatever else crazy stuff you find in, in the park, then you can always take a moment to go enjoy a ride. You know, because I mean, that's what the park was originally for were people enjoying these rides and shows and, you know, relaxing a little bit. So if you need to relax, head on over to one of those locations and have a little bit of the original Nuka, Nuka World experience. So as a follow-up to our last episode, the Nuka Girl episode, this one is pretty cool. I mentioned there's an animatronic in Nuka World that looks like Nuka Girl, and turns out that you can actually go up to her and take her outfit. I don't know if anyone tried to do this, Probably. I mean, you try to grab everything in the game, but I'm, I'm sure some people just kind of walked by and thought, oh, that's cool little animatronic. No, you can actually take the costume off the animatronic, which feels a little bit, I don't know, shouldn't you get permission and take off Nuka Girl's clothes? I, I don't know. Everybody should give permission. Anyway, if you want it, you can go grab it. And it includes the, you know, like the crop top, like white top with the black gloves, the long black boots with the white pants, but then also a helmet and it's a full head covering helmet. It's like the dome shaped helmet with the glass all the way across the top that you can see like the entire head through. And that's her space suit, which is a little bit strange because you would expect that it would cover all of the skin on the body being that it's meant to go into space. But who knows? Like we talked last week, 1960s sci-fi probably wasn't the most accurate. I mean, this isn't The Expanse, right? Which, by the way, go watch The Expanse. It's a freaking good show. Anyway, so, yeah, so at least it covers her head. And and the benefit of this is that it actually works underwater for you as a breathing device, which is super weird that it functions that way, being as it is a costume and probably never functioned like that in the real world. But sure enough, you put this thing on, you go underwater and you can breathe. The other benefit here that I find very interesting is that by wearing this, it increases your charisma by one point, which I mean, it's an attractive suit. I get that, uh, especially if you are a, uh, a female character who is this is a, designed for a female body but you can wear it as a male character too and people seem to appreciate you a little bit more because you're wearing it maybe from a just like man that's funny that guy is wearing a nuka girl suit well it looks a little bit odd but he must be a quirky dude maybe i like him a little bit more now so this is probably one of the most touching easter eggs you can find in nuka world there is a character in the game named 
Evan. And Evan seems to live in a trailer on the outskirts of the Nuka-Cola or Nuka-World map. And he's effectively an essential character, meaning that like if you shoot him enough, he'll take a knee, but he gets back up. You can't kill him. Evan is a tribute to a fan of the game's uh, brother who passed away. This this is a person who was known in, in the community, a Reddit user uh, who went by the name Nohjxlvii, and those are Roman Roman numerals at the end. I'll just call him No. Um, so No's brother Evan passed away, and seemed to have enough of a relationship with the community and with Bethesda that they decided to create a character and put it in game, which is so cool. Like Evan has now been immortalized in fallout Four, Nuka Cola world. Nuka. Why do I keep saying this in dumb ways? But not only that there, there's actually more, more here. So if you speak with Evan, that's how you get the Nuka love recipe. And we were talking about some of the crazy recipes, which I, by the way, I have a follow up to that episode because some people in our community sent me a better Nuka-Cola recipe. I'm going to talk about that at the end of the show. But yeah, he sends us, he gives you the Nuka-Cola, Nuka-Love recipe, which is absolutely rare and allows you to build Nuka-Love, which reminder is very beneficial for people who use AP because it restores 300 action points and gives you 100 health. So you make a bunch of these, you can keep on using your action points and keep on shooting stuff, which you will absolutely want to do when you get your hands on these very rare weapons that you can only get in Nuka World, which I'm gonna be going over after the mid-break because we've got some patrons we gotta think. So stay tuned for that and I'll be right back. see another of General Atomic's finest still eager to serve. All right, here we are in the middle of the show. I'm going to make this short and sweet because we have one brand new patron, Reptilian Sun. The reptile people are alive and they patronize the show, which always sounds weird to me because patronizing, usually, don't you say that when somebody's being like mean to you? I, I don't know. Anyway, thank you. Welcome to Reptilian Sun. Thank you for joining the Patreon and big thanks to all of our patrons, including Dylan R, our Century Bot tier five patron and all 54 of you, 54 current patrons. You guys are amazing. Thank you so very much. If this show is helping you get through your workday, your workout, your drive to work, helping you enjoy the games more, especially while we're waiting for more content to come out, then please check out patreon.com slash fallout lorecast and you can get ad free episodes. You don't have to wait till you're all caught up. Just go ahead and get ad free episodes for five bucks a month or less. If there's a, if there's like the $1 slots, we've got like $31 slots. Sometimes those open up. You never know. You might want to go check that out. Also, you can join us at the end of the month on the patron episodes. If you sign up as a tier four or higher, which is coming up in just two weeks on the 30th. We will be doing, no, I'm sorry, 31st, 31st, Tuesday, the 31st. So get ready for that. We haven't decided what we're talking about yet, but let's, let's start throwing out some ideas, guys. And we have one review here, actually two reviews. The first one from Cloudy Atlas from the United States. Cloudy Atlas is one of our patrons for the Mass Effect lore cast. And Cloudy says, comprehensive nerdage, five stars. I just got into the show because I had never played Fallout 
until this year, and I'm super excited to listen to all of these. Covers a wide variety of topics across all Fallout games. Highly recommended. Cloudy, thank you so much. Really appreciate that. And then we have one from Shackles Tank in the U.S. who wrote in real quick. Great podcast, five stars. I love Fallout lore, and this podcast goes into amazing detail about it. Very entertaining. Awesome. Thank you. Those are short and sweet. Those are perfect. Thank you so much for taking the time to do that. Guys, I appreciate all of you, all the help that you guys can do. I could not have created and continued to do this show if it wasn't for the community. You guys are amazing. So thank you to everybody who supports through the Patreon. This helps pay for car insurance and doctor's visits this uh and then those of you who take the time to share this with your friends leave reviews and ratings on apple podcasts and spotify all of that is extremely helpful as a content creator you put out a lot of free stuff into the world with the hopes that people are nice enough to kind of you know carry it forward for you a little bit and those of you who have taken the time to do that Thank you so very, very much. All right, let's get on with the rest of the show. We got more stuff to talk about with Nuka World. If you have any questions about Nuka World, I'd be delighted to answer them. All right, so I teased this before the mid-break. There are some very unique weapons that you can get. And I'm not just talking about the uh, the, the little water blaster thing. Uh, I always forget the names of stuff, but you know what I'm talking about. The one that you get when you first get into the park. There's that. But there are more. And of course, you would expect some unique weapons and things in a DLC. These are particularly interesting because of not only the ways you get them, what they do. I think some of them are pretty cool. Some of them have that like spray, like bright spray color art on them that some of the raiders do. So let's talk about the first one. This one is the problem solver. I don't know if you ever got this because the only way to get the problem solver is by doing the right conversation options and by right conversation options some people will think that they like just the way they play their characters this is probably not the options that you normally choose in your conversation stuff so what am i talking about when you speak to porter gage the gang leader the leader of the pack mason who is the super aggressive guy you have to be aggressive back. The, the solution here is to pick all of the most aggressive dialogue options when speaking with Porter Gage so that you can get to the final like speech check. And then if you pass that final speech check, you get this weapon. It's like it's like you have to be his language is aggression. So you have to be aggressive back in order to win this. That sort of thing. And then you get the problem solver. The problem solver is an it's an AK styled weapons like one of the Soviet rifles. Right. And this thing is tricked out. It has a bunch of upgrades on it. It it's painted in a really like rainbow kind of way. It's got a bunch of like, you know, yellow and bright pink and blue and green paint all over like the main body of it. And what's cool about this weapon is that after every shot every consecutive hit it increases damage on the same target so this is especially useful for targets that don't go down in a few hits because you can keep shooting and shooting and shooting and doing more and more and more damage until you kill them so i've always loved weapons that do that there's the feeling of like you know the longer you shoot at it the more damage you do especially for something really big and tanky so 
this is available. You just only have that one chance to get it. And I have a feeling I missed out on it. I know that I didn't even know this existed until I did research for this episode. I have a feeling like 95% of the audience who, uh, those of you who have played this have missed out on this. So if you do another playthrough and you go through Nuka world or make sure to choose all of those aggressive dialogue options. So there are some others. Um, one of the ones that I think is actually the coolest here is it's called the, uh, Aeternus. And the Aeternus is only able to be gotten after the grand tour has been finished and you've triggered random passerbys to, uh, to let you know that you're, you're in need. Now, remember when you first get into Nuka world, you have to get through a gauntlet and then you end up in like a cage match, right? Where you have to beat the leader of the gangs in order to get into Nuka world. And turns out that once you're the leader after the grand tour is finished, you are the, you're the Supreme leader. Everybody's following you. You get called into those cage matches whenever some random challenger comes through the gauntlet and makes it there. There is one challenger who is named the rogue knight that if you kill them during this cage match, they will drop the Eternus and Eternus is a E T E R N U S. This is a very large laser Gatlin gun. I mean, I guess they're all the same size, but you know, it's a, it's a big guy and it has unlimited am ammo capacity an overcharged capacitor, charging barrels, reflex sight and beam focuser and does 159 um, energy damage. I guess that's whatever the lightning bolt name is. And basically will tear through things with unlimited capacity. This thing is very, very useful. So if you've played through that part of Nuka world, you're far enough to be doing these and you happen to pass a gang member who's like, Hey, Hey boss, we got somebody you got to take on or whatever they say, <laughs> then then go do it because you might get some really cool stuff, including the Eternus. Now I did mention there are some other, other weapons as well. Most of them are pretty silly. Like the, the thirst zapper, that's the word, the thirst zapper, which is, you know, spraying water or whatever liquid is in there. Um, there, are other weapons as well so you can come across the paddle ball i don't know if you guys remember this but the paddle ball you can use that as a weapon which is hilarious because who's ever gotten one of those to work right i never i can never do them and then there's the uh, a weapon called the acid soaker so it influx it influx inflicts ongoing acid damage and temporarily reduces damage resistance a lot of these weapons and there's a number of them have uh, I mean, they're, they're more silly than they are useful, right? Now you get your hands on one of the other ones I mentioned, you're going to want to use that most likely, especially if you're built into a build that uses that type of weaponry. A lot of these like the acid soaker, the paddle ball are funny. They're kind of joke weapons, but maybe you can find uses for them. So as a callback to last week's uh, end of the episode, I pulled up some seemingly silly recipes for Nuka-Cola and I put a call out to you guys and it was just like, Hey, if anybody can give me other Nuka-Cola recipes, let me know. Let's see what we got because there's gotta be some better ones out there. And I, I got a response. We got a response here. Um, Illith in our discord 
sent over a uh, a recipe that they've actually used and say is pretty good. And here, let's let's get into it. So this Nuka Cola recipe includes. Um, and these are just, well, here, let me, let me just read the beginning of it. We are excited to bring to you an entire line of new color products. Although we wanted to share the official secret recipe, including all 17 different fruits, which I believe is lore accurate. We were unable to settle some legal differences between vault tech and new cola corporation. However, we've put our best scientists on the task and have come up with a cold, refreshing new cola taste with a 566% more efficient use of fruit. Consider it our gift to you, probably because there's only a limited amount of fruits instead of 17. So in order to create this, first you start with two cups of water and three cups of sugar. That's a lot of sugar. <laughs> Does that much sugar dissolve into that much water? I suppose, or maybe eventually when you add the other liquids in, and then you add in a zest and juice of one half orange. So I'm guessing that's a half a cup of orange or no, that's a half. A, that's a half an orange. That's actually literally half an orange, which oranges come in different sizes. That could be a very large amount of orange or very, very little bit. And for those of you who are not into making drinks and uh, cooking and stuff, zest means like a little bit of like scratching of the outside, like the, the actual, I don't know, whatever that's called. I'm so bad with words. Then there's the zest and juice of half of a lime. Okay, orange lime, and then zest and juice of half of a lemon. Very citrusy to begin with. Then this one, I find this to be maybe the most interesting ingredient. One cinnamon stick, which is really interesting. And if you didn't know, sometimes when you buy cinnamon from the store, you're not actually buying cinnamon. Most of what is sold as cinnamon is actually another uh products actually the bark of a tree or something i don't remember the specific name for it so maybe go with legitimate cinnamon it's more expensive but it probably will taste better and then three cardamom pods one half teaspoon coriander seed i don't even know what that tastes like i'm just not i'm not a food person uh is that good and then i don't think i'm gonna pronounce this one right two star a nice Anise, A-N-I-S-E, I don't know how to pronounce that word. It's it's a seasoning. It looks kind of like a little star-shaped brown thing. Uh, one quarter cup of browning sauce and a teaspoon of vanilla extract. So, <laughs> okay, so let's just go back over this. Some water, a bunch of sugar, orange, lime, lemon, cinnamon, cardamom, 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 uh, coriander, anise, anise, browning sauce, and vanilla. I don't know that I can even begin to picture what this actually tastes like without trying it. Illith says this is actually pretty good. And there was some discussion on the Discord about maybe not using cinnamon if you're not into cinnamon or a little bit less. How much can you actually taste it? I think you guys should try this out. I don't know that I want to try this out, but somebody else needs to try this out. Let me know what you think. It's It seems like it's very fruity. And I guess that's lore accurate. That's the thing I first posted when I saw this. I was like, wow, that's a lot of fruits, but it's also a lot of other seasonings. Is it 
is Nuka-Cola really that fruity? I would imagine it tastes kind of like Coca-Cola. It's got kind of more of that regular cola flavor, but it may be more of this weird mix of just fruits and other things. So I think that's really, really odd, but maybe this is kind of more accurate. So the instructions here say, combine with water, sugar, orange zest, lime zest, lemon zest, cinnamon stick, cardamom pods, coriander seeds, and star anus in a large saucepan and place over medium high heat. Whisk until the sugar has dissolved and then bring to a boil. Reduce the heat to low and simmer for 10 minutes. So I have a feeling it's probably like a really kind of thick, gooey concoction. Once you get done with that step, remove the heat and strain into an airtight container. Add the orange, lime and lemon juices. Okay, so now you're adding more liquid. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be less thick should be about one third cup juice total. So at least you have a sense of, you know, how big of an orange and lime and lemon to, to get to one third cup. Mix in the browning sauce and vanilla extract. Once cooled, cover and store in refrigerator for at least 12 hours and up to two weeks. So this this legitimately will, will uh, last two weeks, but only two weeks because it's so much of this actual, like real food. It's not like made up weird crap that ends up in our sodas. Um, and then at the end, it says to make an ice cold glass of Nuka-Cola, combine one cup seltzer water, ice and five to seven tablespoons of Nuka-Cola syrup, then stir together. Where do you get the Nuka-Cola syrup? I was the big question I had when first looking at this was wh where's the fizzy come in? Where does the carbonated like water, but there you go, right there. A cup of seltzer water, then ice, and then five to seven tablespoons of Nuka-Cola syrup, then stir together. If you don't have Nuka-Cola syrup, then how do you make this? That's my big question at the end of this. I can imagine doing all of the other parts, everything else you could get from your local grocery store, most likely. Um, Illith, where do you get the Nuka-Cola syrup? I want to know. I think we all want to know. And maybe we'll never find out because I don't think that's a real world thing, but I do. Then why would they put it in the recipe? I'm so confused. Is this something you can order? I mean, Jones soda did a bunch of Nuka-Cola like styled bottles and with basically Jones soda in them. I have two up on my shelf still. I'm never going to drink them because they're ancient now. I mean, I guess they're sealed, so they're probably still okay. They're just flat, but yeah, I've got some quantum Nuka-Cola up on my shelf. But I don't know where you get Nuka-Cola syrup. That still seems like it just leaves a big hole in the in the mystery. There's a mystery here. I don't get it. Anyway, that's <laughs> if you want to try the rest of it, let me know how that goes. I would add a lot of seltzer in there and make it super bubbly. That's just me. But thank you, everybody, for tuning into this episode. I hope you enjoyed the Nuka World Easter eggs and this recipe. We'll see how that goes. I'll be back next week. And then the week after that, we've got our patron episode. So let me know what you guys want to talk about. And I'd love to have some of you guys sign up. If you haven't joined us before, you don't have to be hundred percent caught up on the show. Just come join us. We'd love to have you. And uh, other than that, all of my other shows can be found at robotsradio.net. The Lord of the Rings Lorecast, the Elder Scrolls Lorecast, the Witcher Lorecast, the Mass Effect Lorecast. Those are my main shows. And then sometimes I do some other stuff. Uh, and if you're looking for more shows beyond that, there's lots of other shows at robotsradio.net for all of our other 
shows on the on the network and lots of video game stuff lots of things that even go beyond video games in in ways go check it out if you're looking for more shows go check it out all right that's what we got this week i'll see you guys next time and until then i guess pretend that you're the silver shroud and maybe people will treat you differently fenwatarian he would know all right bye everybody Plug into everything else we're doing. Check out robotsradio.net. Reach out to me on Twitter at robots underscore radio. Check out the Robots Radio Rocket Club where you can join me and a bunch of our other creators creating your podcast, starting a new podcast, or helping your current podcast grow. There's more information about that on robotsradio.net as well. And you can always talk with us and the entire community, over 2,000 people on the Robots Radio Discord. Come join us. We'd love to chat with you. See you guys next time.